go through all of chapter 2 last week, and again, it just wasn't the case. And, and my plan is not only to finish chapter 2 tonight, but also get into chapter 3. Um, as we see Paul, he has been making this case. He's almost been like a lawyer building the case that not only were the pagans um, guilty, um, the immoral pagans, but also the moral pagans were, were guilty. And, 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 and now he's, he's going to reach even further because in the end, his plan is to, to share that all man is guilty. Every single one of them. And we're going to see that even tonight. Um, but he wants to rest his case here. And I, and I want to be able to do it some justice if I can. And so Romans chapter 2. Let's read from verse 1. We'll read the whole chapter. It says, Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge... For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation and of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for honor for glory honor and immortality but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness indignation and wrath tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek but honor, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for there is no partiality with God. For as many as have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. Not For not the hearer of the law are just, in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them. In the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel, verse 17. Indeed, you are called a Jew and rest in the law and make your boast in God and know his will and approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law and are confident that you yourselves you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor 
of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having a form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do you teach yourselves? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make your boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, as it is written. For circumcision is indeed profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And will not the physical uncirc- physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you, who even with your written code and circumcision are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outwardly, outwardly in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the latter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Trying to get a, a feel for even where he was at, where we were at last week, and kind of finishing up this this portion of scripture. Paul has been making the case, or has made the case, even as we have read there, against the immoral pagan or Gentile. He actually made that case in the first chapter at the last part of chapter 1. And then last week what we just kind of finished reading before verse 17, he was going after the moral um, pagan and or Gentile. Those who, who, who kind of thought themselves above those who like are sick and, and, and perverted. It's like, man, we don't do those things but, you know, we do these things. And they judged other people. And, and even he, he got to them and says, no, you too. You too are, 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 are guilty. And you're falling short. And even as, as we just read before verse 17, as he's talking to the, the pagan, the, the moral pagan or Gentile, some do infer and surmise and conclude that... He was including some Jews there as well in this second group. Even though he didn't mention them by name, but because he says, well, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And, and, and so, again, you know, you have your commentators that are going, well, this or that. And it's like, well, you know, he, he's still trying to make the case that all are guilty. There's none that are righteous, as we're going to see. So now ter- Paul turns his attention directly to the Jew. He, he, he mentions them by name. And I am sure that some believing Jews that were there, that were maybe not as mature as they had been hearing Paul make this case. And again, he's talking to those outside the church here. He, he's making this case of those who, who, who are without the law, who, who don't care about God, all those kinds of things. But he's writing to the church 
And, he's, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure some of those believing Jews that were in the church, underneath their breath, were saying, Amen, Paul. Amen. You, you go after those heathens. <laughs> you go after those immoral people, whether they're immoral or moral pagans. They're, they're, they're Jews, or not Jews, they're, they're Gentiles. And, and the Jews had this, this thing about them that, that, man, they looked at everybody who was not a Jew as less of a person. If you were a Gentile, you were considered a Gentile dog. And not dog as in, hey dog. Um, not that kind of dog. It was like a dog, an animal. He, they, they, they looked at them like beneath them. And I'm sure those guys were saying, you preach it, Paul. You go on with your bad self and tell them how bad they are. Because again, there was something about about the Jews, even those who had come to, to the Lord, that they still had this little pride within them about being Jews. And so again, remember that he's not indicting the church here. He's not making a case against the church. He's making a case against those who were outside the church, who were thinking that they're going to stand in their own righteousness. As I shared with you, you know, when we were in the first chapter, if you were here, hopefully, even when we got to that portion, you already said, I am guilty. <laughs> I, I am a perverted dog like those immoral people. And so you, you already like, you don't even have to go any further, Zeke. I, I was guilty when you started talking about those who, who, who ignored God. I was one of them. Or those who, who, who got perverted. I was one of them. You know, and, and so it's almost like, hopefully you've already gotten to the point as a believer saying, no, I know that, that my guilt, I was guilty. And I brought that to the Lord the day I, I accepted Jesus and I've been cleansed. So he's not indicting the church here, but he's making the case even to the church that there is none that can stand righteous before God. And I'm hoping that even as we look at some of these things that we've already covered, we, we, could, we could apply it even to our lives, even though he's not indicting you. There's still things in our lives, even as we shared last week, that sometimes we get self-righteous, like the pagans, the, the, the moral pagans. You know, they were self-righteous. And guys, man, we, we struggle with that too. And, and, and I think even as we cover this portion, we can still say, I need to keep those things in check because I could get just as bad as those guys. And so remember, he's not indicting them, but he is making the case that all men... The whole world is guilty before God, and Jews are no exception. And I'm sure that just about any Jew would take offense to what Paul just shared, beginning in verse 17. Well, he kind of butters them up a little bit um, about their boasting, but I'm sure that would take offense as he began to to kind of build this case against them. And I, I think that Paul is like, a, again, like a good lawyer building a case. He's brilliant. In that, in verses 17 and 18, uh, 19 and 20, he's kind of throwing some stuff out there for them. And he's not exaggerating about who they were and what they believed in and how they thought. When he says you call yourself Jews, I mean, they were proud of being called Jews because the Jews, that word Jew came from part of from, from the word Judah, you know, from the tribe of Judah, but that's where it came from. And so, yeah, they, they were like okay with that, man. They were, they were Jews. They were proud of, of being Jews. And there was, there was no exaggeration that they rested in the law, man. The law was everything for them. And they made their boast in, in God. And it's like, well, why not? Why not make their boast in God? 
And so, again, he, he's sharing with them some of the things that they're like, yeah, amen, yeah, yeah, yeah that's who we are. We're a guide, guide to the blind. You know, we, we instruct people. We do all these things. Um, and so he, 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 he's kind of building them up. <laughs> and it was no secret that, again, the Jewish people were proud of who they were. And they took pride in their pride <laughs> of who they were. But in that pride that they had about themselves, they ended up looking down on everybody else. And again, I think we can correlate that to some of us as Christians, that once we become Christians, we do think that we might be better than other people because we've been, we've been saved. We, we, we've seen the light. And again, it, it, there's no... We shouldn't not boast in the Lord, but we shouldn't be arrogant about it. We shouldn't be looking down on people because they don't have what we have. If anything, our hearts should be, let me give you what I have. And if they reject it, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message that you have. But that we would never look down on anybody and think that we're better. Because again, we, we will put ourselves in the same classes as who he's talking to here, these Jews who thought so highly of themselves. And they ended up looking down on other people. And so when I was looking at this and seeing, well, why, why not boast? They had right to boast, but again, their boasting made themselves look good and better and everybody else bad and worse. And so Paul begins <laughs> to put some chinks in the armor of who they were, of these Jews. Those who thought of themselves pretty highly of themselves. And these questions had to do with the law that they rested on. Again, they, 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 they boasted and they, they, they considered themselves guides and, and lights and instructors and teachers. Um, they had a form of knowledge. All those things. But then in verse 21 is, is when he starts attacking them and going after them. And again, like a good lawyer, man, he, he's going to go after the person. And he says, you, you therefore who teach another. And they're probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you teach yourself? Again, he's almost going to start tearing them down a little bit here. He says, you teach others, but do you learn from what you're teaching? You who preach that you shouldn't steal, are, um, are you stealing? Unawares? Are you borrowing? <laughs> calling it borrowing and not stealing because it's just as bad. You who say don't commit adultery, are you committing adultery? And you who, who abhor the, the idols, are you, are, you, are you doing stuff that would be considered an idol by other people? And yet you're going, oh, no, 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 I would never. I would never bow down to something like that. And it was almost like he starts going after their hypocrisy because there, I'm sure there were some that would say, I have never ever done anything like those things but yet if you looked at their heart there was just as wicked as the next guy they didn't they didn't do it but they thought it and in their hearts they were already committing these things and it almost goes goes back to the fact that they're not doing it literally but they're doing it in their hearts and and as we learn from the sermon on the mount god does not just look at the outward and what we proclaim that we do or that we do he looks at the heart and the things that we don't do as well. But he looks at the heart and says, like, man, you're just as guilty. 
And again, he's building this case towards them, just like Jesus built the case when he did teach on the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said, those who commit adultery. But I say to you, those who do it in their heart are just as guilty. Or those who say, don't commit murder, but, but they hate people. And they call them fools. Says you're just as guilty. And so again, now, because Jesus is upping the ante, here he's upping, upping the ante also. You guys that are saying, well, I, I've ne- I would never do that. It's like, really, where's your heart at? Your heart is just as evil. And so he's building the case against them that they are just as bad. They're just as bad as the, as the immoral pagan, and they're just as bad as the moral pagan who's judging other people. And so in verse 24, as he has, has like put this chink in the armor... He just kind of almost devastates him here. He says, For the name of the Lord is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. You look good on the outside. You say all the right things. You do all the right things. But man, people know you outside of the little realm that you put yourself in. And and people are blaspheming God because of you. And and to the Jew, I'm sure those who, who might have been hearing this are going, No way. You know, to them, blasphemy was, was like a, a capital offense. That was death. And it's like, man, you're, you're saying that I am blaspheming? And he says, yeah, your scriptures even say. He's quoting from Isaiah here, Isaiah 52, 5. That it was written that because of some of the things that, that the Jews were not supposed to do, they were doing. And one of the things that comes to mind is, is, is David. When he commits adultery, and then he commits murder, and he tries to hide it. And man, a year later, he gets busted by, by Nathan. And it's like, man, what a shame. You brought, you brought dishonor to the name of God. There's others in the Old Testament that, that again, they, 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 they did something that, that brought dishonor to God, and they were hypocrites. And yet, how many times do we hear that in the church? Oh, I don't go to church because of the hypocrites. It's like, man, we're all hypocrites. I know that. But that we wouldn't be saying one thing and doing another. That we wouldn't be saying, oh, I would never do that. And outward, you would never. But inwardly, you're doing it day in and day out. And so again, that we would be careful because he's indicting those who are outside the church. But, but we can take lessons from this as well. How many people that, that we know that, that because of the way we conduct ourselves going, man, is that what a Christian should do? And they say, well, I don't want to have anything with, to do with God because of you. Now, that's blasphemy. <laughs> you're blaspheming, you're bringing, or, you know, uh, you're blaspheming God or the name of God because of your actions. And then he gets to verse 25 to verse 29. Paul not only chinks their armor here in this portion. But he hits them where it hurts. Circumcision. Pun intended. <laughs> he got them where it hurts, man. You see, they pride themselves, the Jews, on the law. But the, the, the other thing that they really like, man, we're... So close to Abraham because of this. Abraham, Abraham received the, 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 uh, the covenant from God and it was circumcision. Putting away the flesh. Cutting away the flesh. 
And that was what's going to separate them from all the other nations. It was going to be different. They were to be set apart because of that. And man, they prided themselves in circumcision. It's like, woohoo! They were happy when they were able to do that stuff. When they were going into the promised land, man, before they went into the promised land, they circumcised everybody, whether they had already been or not. It's like they did it again. Just because, like, we're going to put away the flesh. And man, they were proud of it. And so these guys, man, when it came to circumcision, it's like, that's me. That's me. They were proud of this. And Paul just hits them. (laughs) Their knees buckled, man, on this one, I'm sure. Man, they, they thought highly about circumcision. And Paul begins to challenge them again on their pride. Because they were into these kinds of rites and rituals. 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 They, they were into these kinds of things. Man, they prided themselves as like, oh no, I, I, I've been... It, it's almost like even within the Christian community, it's like, oh yeah, I, I've, I've been baptized. Oh yeah, yeah. I've done that. I, I, I take communion whenever we have it. You know, I've, 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 I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And, and we, we like think it's like, oh, oh, you become holier when you're doing those things. No, we've been instructed to do those things, but those aren't the things that save us. But see, circumcision for them is like, oh no, we're circumcised. We've gone through the whole thing. And it was almost like because we've done that, we can do no wrong. Once I'm in, I'm in. Once I've been circumcised, hey man, there ain't no going back. And so for them, they, I knew I was going to have fun here this, this evening. I won't get crude. Um, but again, it's like they thought so highly of this that Paul begins to come at them and says, for circumcision is indeed profitable for you as a Jewish people if you keep the law. If you keep the law, it's good for you. Because that's part of the covenant that you would be circumcised, set apart, so that you can keep the law. He says, it's profitable if you keep the law. But if you are a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. And it's almost like, Paul, what what are you talking about? Why would you say that? You can't go back after that's happened, can you? And yet Paul's going, when you become a breaker of the law, and every one of them were, although they thought that they were always keeping the law, especially the Pharisees, they thought that they were keeping the law. And and Jesus even busted them because, again, he saw within them, he saw the exterior and said, that is nothing. You look like dead men inside. Outside you look great, but inward you're dead. They were breaking the law, not outwardly, but inwardly. And so it was no good to them. They had become uncircumcised. Because again, throughout the scriptures, even Moses would say, man, you stiff-necked people. Cut away the flesh, man. Because you you become so so stiff-necked, man, that that you're, you're ruining the nation of Israel. And they were told to, to circumcise their hearts. Not not just the outward, but the inward. Because again, for them, everything has to do with the outward. And as long as everything looked good on the outward, everything's smooth. And Paul's hitting them. 
He's coming against them and he's building this case. And they knew that they were guilty of it because they knew that they weren't keepers of the law. Again, when he said, man, when you teach, do you teach yourself? Oh, geez. When you, when you say, don't steal, do you steal? It's like, geez. You know, and he kept on hitting them outward things. And then he hit them inward and said, you think that your circumcision gives you the right to go into heaven. But you know what? Because you're a breaker of the law, it's counted as not even being circumcised. And again, it's like, ouch. You cannot be telling us those things, Paul. Therefore, he says, if an uncircumcised man keeps the law, again, man, he is like, he is going at them with both barrels. He's going for the jugular because, again, you're talking about the Gentile and you're talking about him being in our realm. And he says, if an uncircumcised, in verse 26, if an uncircumcised man keeps the law or keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? And I'm sure their answer would be, no way, Jose, ever, no. But yet, man, Paul, Paul is going deeper than what they wanted to go. They wanted to keep things on the surface and Paul's going, no, let's go a little deeper. Let's, let, let's, let's head into your heart and see where your heart is at. And so he just kind of begins to tell them again, you know, will not the, the physically uncircumcised who fulfills the law be as one who is? In other words, they're way better than you are. You pride yourself on this, but they're acting more like Christians than you are. It's interesting because I, 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 I thought of Peter and Paul when... Peter, Paul, and Mary, no, but... I, I thought of those two guys when in, in Galatians chapter two, when 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 Peter is hanging out with some of the Gentiles, and Paul comes in and he sees him hanging around with the Gentiles, and then he says, then certain people who had come who were of the circumcision came, and Paul, Peter who was hanging around with the Gentiles withdrew himself. He was eating with them and went over here because it's like, oh, you got to make it look good. And everybody else was caught up in his hypocrisy. And he says, man, I I withstood him to the face because he needed to. And he told him, he says, man, if you're acting... uh, Let me turn over there real quick before I mess it up. He says, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, When I saw, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel i said to peter before them all if you being a jew live in the manner of a gentile and not as the jews why do you compel the gentiles to live as jews again to be circumcised why are you compelling them to do these ritual acts if you're acting like one and again he gives us a picture there of what he's telling us back here in romans peter was acting like an uncircumcised person and, and, and he's saying, Peter, it's not about the outward, man. You're, you're trying to make it look on the, good on the outward, but inward you're acting just like those people. Again, the hypocrisy, and that's what he's hitting them up about here, about their hypocrisy. Chapter 3. What advantage, then, has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? See, here, as, as, as we get into chapter 3, it's almost like Paul, um, he's going to make his closing arguments here. 
And, and, and it's like he knew that he wouldn't get an appeal or, or an uh, objection from the Gentiles, but he knew that he would from the, from the Jews. So he's going to ask questions and answer them like a lawyer would. Kind of like, let me throw this out and, and let me answer the question for you. And that's what he, he's going to have this dialogue, verses 1 through 8. And so as he begins, he says, what advantage then has the Jew? Or, or what is the prophet of circumcision? And then he answers, he says, much in every way. Chiefly because of them were committed the oracles of God. And then the next question, if, for what if they, or what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And he answers, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. And then he asks the other question, and it's almost like somebody's kind of coming out from left field to ask this question, but he's going to ask it. What? But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who afflicts wrath? I speak as a man. And then he says, certainly not. For, for then how would God judge the world? But if the truth of God is increased through my lie to his glory... Why am I still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil, that good may come, as we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say their condemnation is just. And so he begins to talk. He says, Here, here's the question. So what good is the law? The, the Jew would be asking. What, what, what advantage is it to be a Jew? Or to be circumcised, he says, in every way, man. Man, to you, the oracles of God were given. God gave you the word of God. He gave it to no other nation. What an advantage that you have. What, what, a, what a privilege of being a Jew that, that, that you were given the word of God, the very word of God. He wrote it and, and gave it to them. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to somebody about this, and he was saying that we give the, the Jews so much credit because they... They preserved the Word of God throughout the ages. They, they took care to make sure that they not just got all the words right, every letter right, to the, to the point that if they messed up in one letter, they would chuck the whole book and start all over again. To the fact that, that, that if, if they came to the Word God or Lord, that they would wash their hands, wash their, they would bathe and, and change clothes and write the name and then go back and wash and do everything because they didn't even think it was worthy enough to write the name. And, and even then, you know, they, they would put the vowels in, or the, not the vowels, yeah, the vowels in there. And, or however it was. But, but that they, 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 they didn't even think they were worthy enough to write his real, his name. And so they took very good care of making sure that they made it just the way it was written. And man, if they got to the end of the book and they messed up on a letter, man, they chucked the whole thing and started all over again. It wasn't like, oh, let's delete, 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 or cut and paste. It wasn't none of that. It was tedious. And it's like, man, we, man you have an honor. You have an advantage of being a Jew because you took care of the Word of God because it was given to you. And then some would say, well, you know, what if some, some of the Jews don't believe? 
Does that make the, the faithfulness of God of, of no effect? He says, perish the thought. That, that word, certainly not, is a strong like, no way. No way. Because if, even if, if everyone else was unfaithful, God is true. And he says, let God be true and every man a liar. Every man. No man can, can, can stand up to the truth of God in that sense. And then he says in verse 5 through, through 8 there, it's almost like, well, if, if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, shouldn't we like, continue to sin? So, so his righteousness goes on. And, and yeah, by the way, if, if he knows that we're going to sin, why does he judge us? Knowing that we can't keep up with the law, how can he judge us? How could he judge us? And again, he's, he's, just, he's just telling them, it's like, no, he's still righteous. doesn't mean that we have to be unrighteous to, to understand his righteousness. His righteousness should lead us to repentance. His goodness should lead us to repentance. And then from verse 9 to verse 20, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all, Paul says. Again, he's still questioning here and he here he's going to give like the final like let me speak to you the jury (laughs) but put yourself in the same place you're going to be guilty too i've already given you the verdict you don't even have a job to do here but he's going to lay it out what then are we better than they not at all for we have previously charged both jew and greek that they are all under sin as it is written There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have all together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throats are an open tomb. With their tongue they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouths are full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way, and the way of peace they have not known, for there is no fear of God before their eyes. And when we look at that portion here, look at all, I would say, the negative that we see here. As he begins to kind of close the case and to say everyone, every man is guilty. Jew and Greek are all under sin. He says there is none righteous. There is none that can stand before God. No, not one. The only one would be Jesus Christ. Other than that, not one person can stand in his own righteousness before God and say, judge me on my righteousness. It's like, dude, don't even go there. There is none righteous no not one there is none who understands that has the knowledge of what true salvation like the way god puts it out is we can't even comprehend it we just accept it there's none who understands and then he says there is none who seeks god god is the one that sought us out man does not seek god in that sense he came down to us he says, they have all turned aside and have all together become unprofitable. And that word unprofitable is spoiled. 
It's like getting excited for your, you know, your Wheaties in the morning. You go get your milk and it's like clump, clump, clump. It's like, what do you do with that? It, the milk is spoiled. There's, it's good for nothing. It's like, ah. But that's what that unprofitable means, that it's good for nothing. They have altogether become good for nothing, spoiled, unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Man, this case, it's almost like, jury, just just go home. (laughs) You don't even have to judge this anymore. And then, verses 13 to 18, he kind of... He kind of touches from head to toe, man. All the stuff that comes from man. He kind of almost gives an x-ray of man and says their throat is an opening tomb. With their tongue, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips whose mouths are full of cursings and bitterness. It's like, man, they, they are just spewing out this this vile stuff. That's what man is. And then he says with their feet, or their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace they have not known. And here's, here's the crux of it. <laughs> There's no fear of God before their eyes. They have said God, God doesn't exist. <laughs> they, 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 they put themselves in the place of God. They fear no God, they say. And because of that, they've all come under and said they're guilty. Now verse 19 and 20 as we close up. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. I, I, I like what Paul says. I think it's in chapter 7 of Romans. If it wasn't for the law, I wouldn't know what sin was. But the law was put in place so it showed us it was a mirror of how guilty we were. And he says you can't be justified by the law. The law was a schoolmaster to teach us that we cannot become righteous. And it's that knowledge of the law that teaches us, oh, that's how dirty I look. The law was just a mirror. And it could only take you so far and it couldn't give you the righteousness of God. It it only showed you your depravity. It only showed you that there was something beyond the law that needed to come. And that's what we're going to be looking at next week. But there's none. There's none. Every mouth will be stopped. If anybody thinks that they can stand before God on the great white throne judgment and say, I I will fight my case. I have an appeal here. I am going to object to whatever you're you're bringing on me, the judgment. And it's like, bro, I'm sorry, your mouth will be stopped. You will shut up and bow down. Because every mouth will be stopped. Every knee will bow down to God. Nobody will be able to say, I don't think that's fair. (laughs) It's like, you can't say that. He has given everybody the opportunity. And what he has been trying to show here is that, guys, you cannot do this on your own. You are guilty. If you are guilty, then there's a judgment to be paid. And what he's going to show or what he's been trying to say is there's no one that can pay this price except Jesus. 
That's going to be the good news. Right now, you've just kind of gotten the verdict. (laughs) You're guilty. But see, most of you, if not all of you, have already come to that conclusion and said, I'm guilty. You've already come to the cross. These things that we have been covering doesn't apply to you, but you can look at these and say, man, I don't want to be a Christian and still be caught up in these kinds of things. I don't want to think of myself more righteous than I should. (laughs) The only righteousness that I have is because of Jesus, nothing because of what I do. There is nothing that, that, that really shines within me except for Jesus Christ. And I share this with people all the time. I am the worst of the worst of the worst, and it's only because of Jesus that people might think that I'm okay. It's only because of Jesus. Because without Him, I am just like the next person and the next person. But my heart is to be as close to Jesus so I can emulate Him and His righteousness. I can stand in His righteousness. I can stand before God and come in the name of Jesus and pray. I can come before God in the name of Jesus and say, this is what my petition is. But I cannot come and say, hey, you know me, bro. You've known me forever. Look at this face. Dude, he's not going to like, yeah, you are kind of handsome, but... No, not even. But, but he's not, he's not going to say, yeah, I think I'll let you in. There is none righteous. No, not one. Not even Zeke Flores. Yeah, that's what I said. Not even you. We're none, none of us. And I hope that you understand that because if you're a Christian, I hope you always understand there is nothing good in you except Jesus. And He is what makes you good. Because, again, go, go back over verses 10 through 13 or 10 through 12. How many times do you see none, no, not one? <laughs> They've all turned aside. They're all unprofitable. And we fall in that category, guys, outside of Jesus. Man, what a privilege we have. And even as we worship in a little bit, man, you get to worship. You get to raise your hands. You get to get on your knees. You get to whatever you want to do to worship Jesus because why? He has allowed you the privilege to enter into his presence. Not because of your, you're so good, because of he's so good. And he's done it all so that we can do that. Isn't that amazing? Man, I, I want you guys to just spend some time with Jesus as we worship. And kind of go back on what we've kind of read. We've, we've read a lot there. And again, the, the indictment is not on you. It's not on you if you're a Christian. But if you're not a Christian, the indictment is on you. You're guilty. And you need to come to a place where it's like, okay, how do I not be guilty? It's like it's only by the blood of Jesus. It's only by the blood of Jesus that you can stand before God not guilty. That's the only way. And guys, I will be down here you know, some of the prayer teams might be up here or some of the leaders come on up. And, and if you just if you just need to pray for anything, and we're going to turn the lights on, we're going to have about a half hour of worship. And you know what? If you just need prayer, man, even even for the vision for this year where God has been speaking to you about going, man, Lord, I need to get right because I feel like some of this stuff back here is like, let go of it. Let go of it and move forward. Let go of it. Leave it on the shore and go deep. Because again, man, if... He's indicting those who don't know Jesus. But maybe you're here and you've been playing church and you've been acting like a Jew. And outwardly it's been looking great, hasn't it? But inwardly, man, you know you're, you're like breaking apart. And maybe tonight God says, hey, why don't you humble yourself before I have to humble you? Amen? So let's pray and then we'll uh, get to worship. Father in heaven, we do want to glorify you and we do want to thank you, Lord God. <laughs> As we're reminded once again, Lord God, 
through these scriptures that there's none righteous. There's none who understands. There's none who seeks after God. No, not one. And Lord, if it wasn't for your spirit that has come into our lives, Lord, we wouldn't have the privilege of coming into your presence like this. But Lord, we just uh, thank you that you've allowed us the privilege as you've sought us out, Lord God, and we, we surrender to that call that we get to stand righteous, we get to sing praises, we get to worship you. Lord, I just thank you for that, Lord. And I do pray that if anybody's here, Lord God, who has maybe played church for a while, just hasn't worked out, Lord God, because they get, they're still the same. And you've been convicting them of this, Lord. I pray that tonight, Lord God, they would surrender all. That they would come to the, the conclusion that they are so guilty and that they need forgiveness. And Lord, they've, they've been on, on trial even tonight. And once again, they've heard the verdict, guilty. I pray that tonight they would be free, Lord. Cause that to happen in their hearts, Lord. And if the enemy is hindering them right now, I pray that the enemy would be bound right now, Lord. That you would put away evil right now, Lord. And that they might be able to surrender. And we thank you and we praise you for that. We ask that tonight, Lord God, you would be glorified. That your name would be magnified, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Amen. So like Zeke said, there'll be people up here to pray with. You just come forward if you need prayer for anything. And as we spend the